That's right, my friends. You are back again. Welcome back to another episode of On the Mic with Mike. I am your podcast host, Instructor Mike. From controversial issues that affect us in the criminal justice system to controversial issues that affect us across the nation, both locally and otherwise. I am that controversial person that's going to go there and talk about those issues. You're always going to learn something when you're listening to this podcast, so grab your pens and your paper. You can go on ahead and follow me on Facebook at Mike Brown or on Instructor Mike. You can also go to my YouTube page instructor mike as well and you can subscribe to this podcast we would greatly appreciate it here is another issue that we are going to talk about on on the mic with mike Hey, what's going on? We're back with On The Mic With Mike. I am your podcast host, Instructor Mike. You can follow me on Facebook at Mike Brown. You can also follow me on uh, Instagram at Yes, Mike Said It. Yep, that's exactly how it said. Yes, Mike Said It. You can also go to YouTube and look up Instructor Mike and subscribe. Hit the notification button so that you will be notified when I put up a new video. I just put up a new video today that talks about finding the perfect, I don't want to say perfect, that's a subjective term, but finding the kind of firearm that's going to work for you for everyday carry. Uh, so we're going to go on ahead and just wait to get just a little bit more and then we'll go on ahead and jump right into the topic. Uh, for those of you all who are watching, share, share, share. We are talking about, I know I didn't put a title on here. I'm also on, for those of you all listening on the podcast, I'm also on Facebook Live as well as on uh, Instagram at Yes Mike Said It. And I know some of you all are watching. I didn't even put up a doggone title. So people are just watching the live and don't even know what it's about. Yeah, that's nice. But I'll change the title when the live ends. Uh, we're going to go on ahead and talk about uh, Illinois enacting recreational marijuana. Praises be. The people who wanted recreational marijuana is they are now getting what they've always wanted. Yes, we are going to end the the degradation of our neighborhoods and towns that are poverty stricken. Yay, this is what we've been waiting for. Or is it? Is it what we've been waiting for? Who wins? Who loses in this? We're going to talk about that on this episode of On the Mic with Mike. Who wins? Who loses? That's a different perspective that some people are not paying attention to. Uh, the winners and the losers. And what can you do and what can't you do? Now, those of you all who know, uh, I specifically you know, tend to take a, a criminal justice perspective in a lot of my views, things like that. I also tend to look at things from a firearms perspective. Because, you know, I'm a firearms instructor, been one for a long time. Well, what I would term to be a long time. Been one for over 10 years and Facebook went down. That happens. Oh, my God, that happens. That is something else. Facebook would just crash on you just like that. So we're going to go on ahead and start it right back up again. Right back up again because Facebook is good for doing that. Now it says rotate my phone as if I changed it or messed it up all right we're gonna come on ahead go right back all right so for those of you all who missed some of that content we're gonna go on ahead and keep on going on the podcast you can always catch up on the podcast uh on the mic with mike um why does it have the live button that way that's weird mm, yep that is very weird but i'm not gonna stop we're gonna go on ahead and keep going are you guys viewing me sideways it seems as though you guys are viewing me side am i sideways now am i sideways i think i'm sideways i think i'm not even that's not even the right way i i don't know yeah facebook has a wonderful way of uh destroying some good content i don't know maybe somebody reported it who knows we're gonna go on ahead yeah i'm sideways now i am sideways all right we're gonna go on ahead and end this and i'm gonna come back up and then we'll go on ahead and continue so for those of you all who are listening to on the mic with mike uh yeah we're gonna go on ahead and end this uh part no should i keep going should i keep going it's live it's live uh, we're going to go on ahead and keep going. Um, hey, think of a song to yourself. G give us give us a minute and we will be right back after this commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Hey, we are back. 
we are back. Hopefully, everything will be squared away this time. If you are watching on Facebook, if you are watching on Facebook, uh, go on ahead and uh, share it. Share it. I mean, I'm going to keep on going. All right. For those of you all, you said Facebook thought they were stopping you from watching. Yeah, I know. Some of you all, you are more than welcome to continue. If you have Instagram, you are more than welcome to go on ahead and go to Yes Mike Said It. That's Yes Mike Said It. All right. Go on ahead and go to Yes Mike Said It. I'm also live on Instagram as well. Okay. Yes Mike Said It. Also, you can follow me on Instructor Mike. You can follow me on Facebook at Mike Brown. You can go on ahead and go to YouTube. I'm not YouTube Live. Why am I not YouTube Live? Because YouTube Live has changed their criteria where you have to have a thousand followers. So that's why I want you guys to help me get to a thousand plus followers by going to YouTube and subscribing to Instructor Mike. I put a lot of content on there. I sometimes I think of spontaneous videos to put up there when I'm in different situations that that give me a, a, a teaching moment and I just throw them on there. Okay. So let's go on ahead and dive right into it. If you're watching, do me a favor, be kind, share what's going on. John Alinsky, Alinsky, almost messed that up. What's going on, John? A uh, big shout out to Rhonda Ezell of Chicago guns matter. Big shout out to all the second amendment, uh, gun supporters out there. Yes, I did read that John, that the, uh, Senate bill 1966, otherwise known as the Fix the Foyd Act has been, uh, has died in committee. I guess you could say died in committee, uh, after it was passed in the House, uh, pretty much by a political margin. Okay. Uh, but it was passed in the House and it was sent over to the Senate and it died in committee. Okay. Uh, so it won't be looked at during this legislative, legislative session, but you better believe it's going to come back up during the next legislative session. Okay. So, uh, let's not drop the ball on this. Let's not drop the ball on this. Uh, we talked about Fix the Foy before. If you're interested uh, in that, go back to my podcast. Subscribe to On the Mic with Mike. It's in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever the case may be. Let's jump right into it before Facebook kills me. If you want to, <laughs> somebody said on Instagram, Rashad promo, the devil is a liar. You shared it, you shared it everywhere. I appreciate that. All right, what's going on, Bill? How are you? All right, so let's go on ahead and dive into it. We are talking about the pasture of uh, marijuana's laws. Oh, what's what's going on, Sherry? Congratulations on your election to the Sock Village uh, trustee. Uh, she's, she just got elected as a trustee. So uh, congratulations for that. Trained her in uh, concealed carry, all that great stuff. Uh, great person. Here we go. Let's dive into it. Yay! Raise the roof. Illinois has recreational marijuana. Ah! Pause the brakes. One, is not signed into law just yet. That's number one. Uh, it's supposed to be signed into law when it gets to the Governor Pritzker's desk, but it will not take effect until January 1st, 2020. So you got six months, you know, for it to be passed into law. So don't think when you see it across your Facebook timeline or Instagram or whatever the case may be, don't sit there and say, hey, I'm going to fire up a J. Don't do that, okay? It is still illegal as the laws are in place. So we're going to go on ahead and look at uh, what the pasture of this law does do and then what it does not do, what it means and then what it doesn't mean. OK, and for those of you all who are watching us on Facebook, go on ahead, like, comment, subscribe, share, tag somebody in it, whatever the case may be. Let's go on ahead and dive into it. So this uh, uh, legislation seeks to amend Chapter 720 Illinois Compiled Statutes Act 550, which is the Illinois Cannabis Control Act, and it seeks to provide amendments under that. It was uh, sponsored by Representative Kelly Cassidy. Uh, and what it seeks to do is seeks to amend uh, it according to House Bill 2353, and I'm reading this on IllinoisPolicy.org, um, that it seeks to make it uh, legal for anyone 21 years of age or older to uh, consume the uh, con controlled substance. That's basically what it's still uh, called. The substance would be regulated the same as alcohol and buyers must show identification when purchasing and selling to anyone under the age of 21. If you sell it to someone under the age of 21, it will be illegal. Okay. Now public smoking will be illegal, will remain illegal and punishable by up to a fine of a hundred dollars. So I guess if you want to fire up a joint or a doobie or any of those other names for what you would call mar marijuana, uh, what's going on, Eric? It would be a hundred dollars. Okay, so we'll talk about that. We're getting up to that too, as well, Mike. 
Um, so manufacturing and distribution of marijuana legal for anyone 21 years of age or older, but cultivation of marijuana plants may not proceed in public view. It's like we want to legalize it, but you can't have it in the public. That seems to be the consensus uh, amongst this uh this law or the amendments to the Cannabis Control Act. Growers must ensure that anyone 21 years or younger uh, does not have access to the plants and the growers may only grow the plants on the property they own legally or with the consent of the property owner. Anybody who violates will face fines that the state will obviously make money off of. Okay. Possession, uh, a possession limit of 28 grams for state residents, 28 grams for state residents. Now, uh, we're gonna talk about some other things too. Why 28 grams? Why not 30 grams? We'll talk about that too. Smoking marijuana while driving is still illegal. The legislation will not legalize driving under the influence. We're going to talk about that in terms of the what it does not mean. Okay. Moreover, anyone caught driving while smoking marijuana will be fined up to $200, have his license suspended for up to six months, or both for the first violation. Subsequent violations, it goes up and up and up. We'll talk about 11501. What's going on, Eric? I know you had to be here for this. We'll talk about 11501 of the Illinois Vehicle Code. Okay. It legalizes the sale and use of marijuana accessories. Anybody who's been in a doggone gas station in the hood, okay, and maybe not in the hood, but in the hood, you know, you doggone seen, you know, the bowls and the different things like that, that people, you know, uh, have. And before you would be charged with possession of drug paraphernalia, okay, possession of drug paraphernalia, um, such is not the case anymore, at least when that law becomes uh, signed into law, when it becomes signed into law, um, you can possess those things and it's legal for anyone 21 years of age or older to sell or use marijuana accessories such as a bong or a vaporizer, okay? Uh, now, after the law is passed, they have 180 days to create rules for implementation. Some of, Some people don't understand where the rules for the implementation are going to be held, okay? The Department of Agriculture, it will be under the Department of Agriculture, and they will uh, have 180 days to create regulations for cannabis establishments. Please look for that under the Illinois Administrative Code. Any type of lawmaking that ter in terms of rules as to what a person can or cannot do, uh, you got your statutory law, which is where we're talking about 720 ILCS 550, the Cannabis Control Act. That is statutory law. But the rules in terms of what governs what a company can or cannot do in terms of manufacturing the product, that's under the Illinois Administrative Code. So look out for those rules, okay? Uh, we're not going to spend so much time on that, but the list of required regulations would include procedures for the issuance renewal suspension or revocation of a registration to operate a cannabis establishment uh schedule for application for and renewal of fees not to exceed five thousand dollars and of course they're going to adjust for inflation okay uh security requirements including the lighting physical security video and alarm requirements and of course employment and training requirements all right and then we're talking about the different taxation blah 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 here's something that is important okay Employers are free to deal with marijuana in the workplace as they see fit. We're going to talk about that, okay? Uh, and that's pretty much the end of that. So that's pretty much what it does mean. I, I don't, I would be remiss if I did not go to the Chicago Tribune, who also had some other things to talk about, uh, who can grow it, who can sell it. We pretty much touched on that. Uh, let's see who can buy it. Illinois residents over the age of 21. You can go to chicagotribune.com, uh, to look at that. If you haven't passed your four times, you viewed it for free and then subscribe. So go on ahead and subscribe. That's a free shameless plug. All right. Uh, now who can ban it? Municipalities and, and counties may ban cannabis businesses within their boundaries, but may not ban individual possession. Uh, and any, and Facebook crashed again. We're going to go ahead and keep on going. I, I don't know what else to say about that. I'm going to keep on going on the podcast because after all, if you guys want to catch it, just catch it on the podcast. We're going to keep on going because Facebook can't stop us. All right. <laughs> all right. Municipalities and counties may ban cannabis businesses within their boundaries, but it may not ban individual possession. Any person, business, or landlord may pro prohibit its use on private properties. Colleges and universities may continue to prohibit uh, marijuana use, okay? And we're going to go on ahead. Yep, people are joining back in with us. Yeah, Facebook dropped this again. We're going to go on ahead and record it to make sure that I can uh, continue to uh, share it on YouTube. That's right. Okay, here we go. 
Let's just move this camera over here, and there we go. I don't want to take a picture of myself. That was crazy. Yep, I know they banned me. We're going to go ahead and keep on going. So I'm recording it now while, uh, yeah, so there we go. So you guys can watch the video on YouTube, okay? You'll be able to watch the video on YouTube because um, I'm recording it in a different platform, so we'll be able to go ahead and continue. Uh, and, of course, subscribe to my podcast, On the Mic with Mike. You'll be able to see it again. Uh, Instructor Mike, you'll be able to see it again. Uh, for those of all you all just joining us on YouTube, we've been talking about the pasture of Illinois' marijuana laws and uh, what that means and what you can and cannot do. Okay, We haven't even gotten to the meat and potatoes of what you can and cannot do. So for those of you all who want to see this video, because it's probably going to be cut by Facebook again, go to YouTube, go to Instructor Mike, subscribe. Help me get to a 1,000 subscribers. I'm going to go ahead and post this video on YouTube as soon as I'm done. Again, uh, shout out to Sherry J uh, Jasinski for winning out there in Trusty and Sock Village. I know her as a great friend. All that great stuff. Let's get to it. Um, we talked about what marijuana uh, pasture, the laws, what you cannot do. I'm not going to go ahead and beat a dead horse on that. If you want to catch up to what it can, what can happen with that, go to my podcast on the mic with Mike. All right. So let's talk about what that doesn't mean. There are several things you cannot do with the pasture of this new marijuana law okay and of course it hasn't been signed into law it will be signed into law uh perhaps maybe soon it's supposed to be sponsored by the current governor governor jb pritzker okay what that doesn't mean that does not mean that you can smoke and drive okay that doesn't mean that you can smoke and apply for a concealed carry license okay that doesn't mean that you can smoke and carry a concealed carry Firearm. Can't carry a firearm under the concealed carry law. We'll talk about that too. You can't even smoke and ride a bicycle. You can't do that. Okay. There are several things that you cannot do. All right. You can't smoke and be free from a drug test. All right. You can't smoke and purchase firearms. Now we're going to look at each one of these things. Okay. Each one of these things. One, you cannot smoke and drive. Well, Mike, I can smoke and drive. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Okay, yes, you are free to do that. But I want you to understand this, that uh, first of all, driving a vehicle is regulated in the state of Illinois by Chapter 625, Illinois Compiled Statutes Act 5, Section, uh, well, that's the Illinois Vehicle Code that governs driving in the state of Illinois. And what specifically covers operating a motor vehicle or driving under the influence of any kind of alcohol, intoxicant, whatever the case may be, is under section 11-501 of the Illinois Vehicle Code, okay? No person may operate a motor vehicle under the influence of drugs, alcohol, or any intoxicating compound. So we can talk about alcohol. That's not the purpose for this uh, posting or whatever the case may be, but we are going to talk about, hey, what's going on, Dr. Fraud? I hope I called you that right. Professor Fraud, William Creasy, what's going on, sir? Uh, we're going to talk about specifically marijuana. The laws are going to be passed. It's passing the House and passing the Senate, the Illinois General Assembly. Uh, it's going to be passed and going to be signed into law. When it gets signed into law, it's active as of uh, January 1st, 2020, okay? But you cannot smoke and drive pursuant to uh, section 11-501 of the Illinois Vehicle Code. Now, the question that, yes, that is Eric White, one of my Facebook followers and great friend from high school. Happy birthday, happy, happy belated birthday. It was great to be out with you, man. Uh, many successful things coming to you. You're a great brother, for real, Eric White. Uh, everybody say happy birthday. All right, good. Uh, the sad part, he says, is that legalizing it will lead to more convictions and carrying fines of pounds of uh, legal issue. Let me see if I can press that see more so I can see more of your comment. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to read his comment again. The sad part is legalizing it will lead to more convictions carrying fines and pounds of legal issues. No pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. Um, the state has found another revenue grab. Absolutely. And people are not paying attention to that revenue grab. They are not not paying attention to that, okay? Um, here we go. We're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Quick commercial break on the podcast with On the Mic with Mike. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back to talk about what 11501 Section A would do with regards to the enactment of the amendment to the Cannabis Control Act 
720 ILCS Act 550. Don't go anywhere. Come right back. We are back with on the mic with Mike. I know my followers are like, that's what he does when he presses off. That's exactly what I do. You got to have some humor in doing a lot of the stuff because some of these laws just it just blows people's minds. How if you don't pay attention, there's a statement or there's a saying the underplay for the the overlay for the underplay, something like that. Help me out with it. Okay, here we go. Let's go ahead and dive right back into it. So. As a former police officer and as a person who, by the way, has done a plethora of DUI arrests, I'm just going to just gonna hint to my horn a little bit. I loved doing DUI arrests. You just don't understand why I loved doing DUI arrests. Why? Because I've had friends that have been killed by drunk drivers. I have had friends that have been killed and people that I have known that have been killed by intoxicated drivers. So I take pleasure not necessarily in busting the person per se, but I take pleasure in getting that intoxicated driver off of the road. I was on the side of the road one time uh, doing a SFST, which is an abbreviation for a standard field sobriety test, which we'll talk about under 11501A2 in a minute, 11501.285. Um, I was in the middle of doing a SFST and I was almost hit by a drunk driver to the point where this person missed hitting me and the person I was doing SFSTs by I don't know, maybe a second or a second and a half. They was they were able to obviously wake up and pay attention to the fact that they almost ran into the back of my patrol vehicle. And when they moved around, I was so shaken up within that moment. Okay, we have our moments. I was shaken up to the point where I didn't even finish the SFSTs. I took that person to the doggone station, you know, uh, parked their car, took their keys, made sure that that vehicle was at the station, let them sleep it off, call for a ride. I didn't even want to go through with the DUI arrest because we had both just escaped death. Okay, I wasn't willing to go through with with charging in with DUI. So that instance could have been the thing that saved them from a DUI arrest. I'm not mad at it at all. Okay, but uh, I, I take personal pleasure with that. And my DUI conviction rate was very, very high. So let's talk about it. 11501A2 of the, uh, strike that, 11501.285 of the Illinois Vehicle Code. I can tell you this, that as a former cop, I was asked plenty of times, um, Mike, we know how they're able to do standardized field sobriety testing as it relates to alcohol. We know that. But how are they ever going to be able to do testing in the field to determine, of course, I'm in Chicago, you hear the siren in the background, yeah, but how are they going to ever be able to determine a person's uh, toxicity, if you will, or their impaired driving abilities or status uh, under SFSTs, okay, Uh, and that was a question that I've had previously, and I was curious about that too, and so I began to do some research, okay, under 11501.285, The Illinois General Assembly has determined that the standardized field sobriety test that uh, police officers conduct, and those standardized field sobriety tests are the one-leg stand, uh, the walk and turn, and the horizontal gaze nystagmus. If you've ever watched cops and you've seen the police officer put the pen and take it out to, you know, just see smooth tracking of the eyes and then take it out to maximum deviation at the corners of one's eyes to see if the eyes jump, that is horizontal gaze nystagmus. Uh, The walk and turn, you've probably seen that along a straight line, you know, back and for about eight or nine steps, turn around, make sure you don't, you know, there's several clues and cues, and then you've got the one leg stand, things like that. And so there are several indicators which show impairment. And the Illinois General Assembly has determined that the tests are divided attention tests, and they are eligible as determined by the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration to test for cannabis. So those of you all who are police officers in the state of Illinois, If you have not been trained on that, that's why you should subscribe to Instructor Mike, okay? But if you have not been trained on that, yes, standardized field sobriety testing is legal under 11501.285 for the purposes of determining impaired driving for cannabis, okay? And it also says in the subsequent section that just because a person has legal marijuana or a legal marijuana card or any of those things like that, they are not exempt from uh, being uh, shown to be, or that is not an excuse, in other words, uh, why I have this so I'm able to drive. That is not a valid defense against uh, uh, um, smoking under the influence or, or having being under the influence of cannabis while operating a motor vehicle, okay? And then 11501.2B5, 
Number one, the THC concentration of THC, and for those of you all who don't know, THC is the abbreviation for tetrahydrocannabinol, which is the active ingredient in marijuana that actually gets you high, okay? Uh, If there's a concentration of five nanograms in blood or 10 nanograms in other bodily substance, that is enough to be able to prove that you are operating a vehicle under the influence of a controlled substance, that controlled substance being cannabis, okay? Uh, and if it is less than five nanograms in blood or less than 10 nanograms of another bodily substance, it alone may not be enough to establish uh, probable cause to make the arrest, but it, and along with other factors, in other words, a totality of the circumstances type uh, approach can also be used in determining uh, impaired driving, okay? So it's good to be educated on these things. I know some of y'all are like, well, what does it mean? What does it do? You need to learn these things, okay? Especially if you are one who intends on using marijuana and thinking that you're gonna be able to drive. You need to know this, okay? Um, Do the research for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go to www.ilga.gov or .com, one of the two, uh, or it's .gov. Yeah, and look it up for yourself. 11501.2A5 and B5. Okay, let's go on ahead and dive into it. You cannot operate a motor vehicle uh, under the influence of cannabis. You will be arrested for that. So smoke them if you got them, but don't operate that vehicle if you do. Okay, and from what I understand, it takes longer for the weed to get out of your system than it does for alcohol. Okay, I'm a Bassett instructor. Beverage alcohol sellers and service education and training is licensed by the Illinois Liquor Control Commission. You know, uh, time will be the only thing that will get that alcohol out of your system, but you can be free of that alcohol and still be able to drive. But that marijuana is going to take a minute to get out your system. I don't know. I'm not a smoker. Anybody is a smoker. Can you tell me? You better not snitch on yourself. Okay, here we go. What about smoking and riding a bike? I'm not saying you would do that, but some people might. So in the event of uh, smoking and riding a bike, I want you to understand that there is new legislation uh, that classifies motorized vehicles or vehicles that have the ability to travel above 20 miles an hour. How many of you all have been driving on a road in Illinois or wherever you live, but more especially in Illinois, and you've seen those motorized bikes? Yeah. If it can go over 20 miles an hour, it is considered a vehicle. And if you are under the influence of marijuana or you are under the influence of even alcohol, you can be cited for a DUI. I'm not talking about the bike that me and Eric like to ride when we go on Lakeshore Drive and sweat it out and try to lose these calories because we're a bunch of, you. I'm not going to say it, you get it, right? But for those of us that want to sweat those calories out, we're not talking about that kind of bike, but we are talking about uh, the kind of bike that is motorized pursuant to a section 11-1517 of the Illinois Vehicle Code. That is what classifies that violation, okay? And it is illegal uh, <laughs> I didn't say it, Eric. You did. Fat dads. <laughs> I'm glad he said it on Facebook. Fat dads. Yes, we are. Okay. And that's fat. Pretty hot and tempting. Pretty heavy ass tummy. Pretty hungry and thirsty. All the above. You said, can't we just agree to stay home for all that? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but you cannot operate a, you cannot operate a motorized bike under the influence of marijuana. And I'm saying that because I've seen some people <laughs> smoke something and then ride a bike. So I figured you need to know that. All right. So let's talk about it. You cannot smoke and be free from a drug test. <gasps> what do you mean? I can't smoke and be free from a drug test. Whatever do you mean, Mike? That's bull. Well, <laughs> is it? Let's talk about it. First of all, Cassidy's amendment, which is the representative who uh, sponsored the amendment to the Cannabis Control Act, it makes it clear that her legislation is not, quote, intended to require an employer to permit or accommodate the use, consumption, possession, transfer, display, transportation, sale, or growing of cannabis in the employer's workspace, okay, or to the effect the or to affect the ability of employers to have policies restricting the use of cannabis by employees or discipline employees who are under the influence of cannabis in the employer's workplace. So they let that free. So let's talk about it, okay? First of all, you may not know what causes your company to be paid. See, when you're just an employee, don't don't get mad when I say that, not just an employee. As an employer myself, we appreciate you guys. Man, we appreciate you because without no you, there is no us. Okay, we appreciate you. But sometimes when you're just an employee, you may not understand the things that we have to have. Okay, you can share your talks with your son. I won't curse. I'll be nice. Okay, but 
when you when you don't understand what it is to have a business, you may uh, misconstrue or misunderstand what it takes to have a business, what it takes for us to get paid so that we can pay you. And so your company that you work for may be getting a federal contract or they may have the federal contract or they may have received a federal grant. And this business may uh, may have to uh, make themselves available or qualified for continuous awarding of that contract or that grant. And because of that, they have to submit themselves to Title 41, United States Code Section 81. That is the Drug-Free Workplace Act of 1988. Of course, signed into law by President Reagan, right? We know during that that drug, uh, the war on drugs era, I believe that's what that was, okay? the uh, That's Title 41, United States Code Section 81, which is the Drug-Free Workplace Act. Federal contractors uh, and recurring, or, sorry, recouping federal money, they have to maintain a drug-free workplace. Now, of course, this applies to some federal contractors and it applies to all federal grantees. In other words, if you got a federal grant or you got a grant from the federal government, you have to maintain a drug-free workplace. Plus, there's other regulations in terms of if you're a CDL driver, you know, you got to be free from drugs. There are so many other uh, places uh, that you ha- that you cannot consume narcotics specifically as it relates to uh, marijuana. Now, some people will say, well, marijuana has medicinal uses and marijuana has this and marijuana has that. I invite you to go to the uh, Controlled Substances Act of the United States uh, government. That is Title, uh, strike that, Title 21 United States Code. That's the Controlled Substances Act, specifically Title 21 United States Code Section 8, uh, sorry, Section 812C. 17 this gets codification is a lot okay and that is what de- uh first of all title 21 united states code section 812 is what defines the different schedules you got schedules one through five and uh thc or tetrahydrocannabinol falls under schedule one and what makes a narcotic under schedule one a schedule one narcotic is it has three criteria one it has a high potential for abuse Two, it has no current accepted medical use. Now, we could talk about, well, other states and other research and other that. We're talking about the federal government's stance on that. Debate it if you want, okay? But they have seen uh, THC along with the other narcotics in uh, that Schedule 1 list to have no current accepted medicinal use. And the third criteria uh, is that it, it the lack of accepted use of drug of the drug uh, under medical supervision. Okay. Uh, so you're more than welcome to look at what makes a narcotic a schedule one narcotic, but, uh, tetrahydrocannabinol. Okay. Now, uh, Julie Kalina says this modern marijuana is not the same stuff that grandpa smoked. Exactly. That's what some people who don't understand, uh, marijuana, they don't understand that it's not the same thing as what maybe your parents or grandparents or great grandparents used to smoke back in the day. Now you got people lacing marijuana with all different type of chemicals to produce all different types of highs and all different type of effects of effects. Because of course the, the, the content of the high if you will it's like a brand for the dealer okay and when you start to get in more hardened drugs such as uh, uh heroin there's a bl- there's a brand to that we talk about blue magic okay um then we talk about uh, uh other things like cocaine okay there's a brand to that the quality of the cocaine people cut it up to stretch the content of the uh of the product so that you can get more money for what you've paid uh for a brick or a kilo of cocaine whatever the case may be and then you've got crack and its subsequent uses and things like that uh absolutely missy uh strauss says i'm a teacher mike and i feel like you have a natural ability to speak to our youth do yeah i, I it would be nice i could do that so if you want to if you want to reach out to me okay i'll i'll be happy to do that um so if you look at Title uh, 21, United States Code, Section 841, it defines the penalties, if you will, for the substance and then the counterfeit substance. And then if you look at just the mere possession, just the mere possession of 
uh, a controlled substance. Okay, and I want you to understand there's a difference between federal law and state law, which defines things as controlled substances. Okay, uh, state law defines a controlled substance as your crack cocaine, cocaine, heroin, and then it identifies cannabis under a different act. Federal law titles it all the same. It's all a controlled substance. Uh, Title 21, United States Code, Section 844 is the law that talks about the mere possession, the mere possession of a controlled substance and its subsequent penalties. Of course, the first time it's a misdemeanor, any other time it's a felony, okay? So uh, you can't smoke and think you're gonna be free from a drug test. In fact, uh, let me see if I even still have it up here, which I thought I did, but I might not. There was, oh yeah, I do, because it was in the Tribune article. I think that was the case. Yep, here we go. It was in a Tribune article. It's under the title of Will Employers Still Test for Marijuana Once Recreational Use is Legal in Illinois? Don't keep a pipe at your desk just yet. Let's go ahead and go right to that. There was a case out of Michigan where, let me get to it, get to it, get to it, do, 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 do. Okay, federal appeals court in Michigan sided with Walmart in 2012. Come on, get to it. 2012, after the company fired an employee with cancer who had a medical marijuana card because he had a, had a positive drug test. Also, there was another company in Colorado. In 2015, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Dish Network was legally allowed to terminate a quadriplegic man who used medical marijuana at home because the drug was still illegal under federal law. And I would imagine that the person who used medical marijuana at home, uh, this person was an employee of Dish Network, as like Comcast and other employ and other companies, they hire people to do work for them at home. Okay. And I would imagine that is the case. Maybe they were came in and did a uh, an inspection and saw he was under the influence and so fired him and then it was appealed, 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 and then that's that. Uh, so you've got states or not states, but you've got courts that are siding with employees in certain respects, but there are a lot of them that are siding that are siding with employers. So err on the side of caution. Ask your company the policies in terms of, you know, what they have to abide by. And you have a right to ask those questions, what they would have to abide by. But, you know, I would be I would err on the side of caution and maybe ask yourself, are you what is this recreational marijuana going to cost me? OK, I'm saving the meat and potatoes for later. Let's go ahead and go to commercial break on the podcast with On the Mic with Mike. And we will be right back after this quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Come on right back. Hey, what's going on? It's Instructor Mike. Are you in the market for a good firearm? Are you looking for a place in the state of Illinois where you can practice effective and safe usage of a firearm to defend yourself, shooting for sport, or just inviting your family members out to a wonderful place where they can learn about exercising their Second Amendment rights? Well, Eagle Sports Range is the place for you. 5900 West 159th Street in Oak Forest. Our state-of-the-art range is comfortable, safe, and provides you with the perfect environment to enjoy your shooting. Whether you're a firearms enthusiast or just starting out, their range has everything you want for your shooting needs. Fully air-conditioned for comfort with friendly and knowledgeable staff that also have a great selection of firearms for sale or rent as well as ammunition that you conveniently need on site. Eagle Sports Range, that's eaglesportsrange.com, 708-535-3000. And we are back. We are back with On The Mic With Mike. So we've talked about you can't smoke and drive. Then we've talked about you can't smoke and bike. And then we talked about you can't smoke and be free from a drug test. So let's talk about you can't smoke and apply for a concealed carry license. The meat and potatoes of this, right? In the state of Illinois, let's not mince words or mince whatever with this. We were the last state in the union to finally get concealed carry. And it was enacted on my birthday. Special day. Here we go. July 9th, 2013. It's not when I was born, but my birthday is July 9th. Uh, it was enacted and it was great because I think that we have a right to protect ourselves against criminals. It's not the police's job to protect us. Those of you all who don't understand that every time you think the police has a duty to protect you, the individual, you will find yourself to be in a bad position. You will find yourself to be wrong. Okay. Castle Rock versus Gonzalez is a United States Supreme Court case where a person tried to sue for a property interest under Title 42 United States Code Section 1983, which is a civil rights violation, believing that 
I have a property interest to protection and I can sue the government for failing to protect me because my kids were killed by my husband because the police failed to enforce a domestic violence order of protection and the court sided with the city of Castle Rock and the police department saying that, hey, we're sorry for what occurred to you, but you don't have a property interest in protection because it's not owed to you individually pursuant to the public duty doctrine. It is owed to the public at large and you have a duty to protect yourself. You all have heard me talk about Warren versus District of Columbia. Same set of circumstances. Police didn't protect. Person tried to sue. They were not granted or the suit was dismissed because same concept. Okay, so let's dive right into it. Under chapter 430. Illinois Compiled Statutes Act 66, that is the Illinois Concealed Carry Act. And those of you all who know, uh, uh, Section 65 is the Firearms Owners Identification Act, okay, which is subsequently or which is currently under heavy, heavy attack, heavy, heavy attack. Part of I agree, part of I don't. If you want to know why, go back to my podcast. Look at my last podcast where we're talking about fix the void, okay? Moving on, not to digress. You can't apply after smoking, uh, and try to apply for a concealed carry license, okay? Why is that? Sure, you can go ahead and smoke, 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 but if you get caught, okay, and you are subsequently convicted of two or more violations of uh, specific offenses as they relate to the Concealed Carry Act, let's get to the application, application, application. Okay, here we go. Under 430 ILCS Section 66, uh, we're looking at section 25. Okay. For I'm sorry, 430. I miscodified that. Sorry about that. I want to do it correctly. I want you all to be able to do the research for yourself. Chapter 430, Illinois Compiled Statutes, Act 66, section 25, which is the qualifications for a license under letter B. Two or more violations related to driving under the influence of alcohol, other drugs, or intoxicating compounds, or any combination thereof within five years preceding the date of the application. Okay. Now, what you're not paying attention to, what's going on, sir, uh, Sergeant Barbie, what's going on there? What you're not paying attention to is that the Vehicle Code of Illinois, Chapter 625, Illinois Compiled Statutes, Act 5, and arguably every vehicle code in every state, perhaps is the largest body of law. Why? Because in route to and coming from the things, our normal activities and even committing crimes, what do we do? We use motor vehicles. And so that's why the Illinois Vehicle Code and any subsequent body of law in any state is massive because that gives the police probable cause to stop you to look for bigger things, okay? And so, remember we talked about you can't smoke and drive? Well, if you can't smoke and drive and then you get caught pursuant to 11501, okay, of the Illinois Vehicle Code and you are convicted of these two things, right, within five years preceding the date of application, that disqualifies you from being able to apply for your concealed carry license. Yeah. Some people look at the legislation. Oh, my God, we got concealed carry. Yay. Smoke it up. Not so fast because there's other things that make you qualify for that. And then you smoke, you can have fun. But then there are certain things you can't do. That's the purpose of this episode and this podcast. Okay. Uh, you also cannot smoke and carry. Right. Can't smoke and carry. Well, and I've heard people ask this question multiple times. Well, Mike, where's the law that says this? Where's the law that says this? It's under Chapter 430 Illinois Compiled Statutes, Act 66, Section 70. 430 ILCS 66, Section 70. If we look at Section 70, that is under the violations section, okay? Specifically, letter D. A licensee shall not carry a concealed firearm while under the influence of alcohol or other drugs or intoxicating compounds or a combination of compounds or any combination thereof under the standards. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Under the standards of Section 11501. Letter A of the Illinois Vehicle Code. Do you understand what that means? That means that the Illinois General Assembly, I'm telling you, if you read the law, 
if you read the law, you will see they don't reinvent the wheel on this stuff. Why reinvent the wheel when the standards are already set in place? 11501 is the standard under which officers are able to determine whether or not you are under the influence of an intoxicating compound. Naysayers may say, well, Mike, that only applies to if you're in a vehicle. No, 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 no. They took those standards and applied it to you, the person, if you are outside of the car. Yeah, you, the person, if you are outside of the car. So they can use those standards. Okay, here we go. Let's read on. A licensee in violation of subsection D shall be guilty of a class A misdemeanor for a first violation or a second violation. A class A misdemeanor is akin to driving on a suspended license. You remember that time where you did it, got arrested, got it. Okay, yeah, that's a, a, a crime that is a class A misdemeanor, the highest misdemeanor that is uh, punishable up to 364 days in a city or county jail. That's what a class A misdemeanor is. And I believe a fine of $1,500 at maximum. Okay, so. Uh, a third violation is a class four felony. Here we go. Two violations, class A misdemeanor, third violation, class four felony, right? So go on ahead and smoke it up if you want to. Wait a minute. You can't have me do standardized field sobriety testing. I'm not in a vehicle. Uh, yeah. If we determine that you have a concealed carry license that subjects you to that. I'm going to repeat it again for you, Katie. Chapter 430, Illinois Compiled Statutes, Act 66, Section 70. 430 ILCS 66 forward slash 70. Okay? So, that subjects you as a licensed concealed carrier to be subject to the authority of the police for them to conduct standardized field sobriety testing pursuant to your licensure. And once they determine that you are under the influence, right? Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. 11501.2A5. 11501.2A5 of the Illinois Vehicle Code states that for the purposes of determining one's impairment under 11501, right? You are able to conduct as a police officer standardized field sobriety testing. Standardized field sobriety testing because it is a divided attention test and has been seen and eligible, seen as eligible by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration for a test to determine impairment under 11501. And 11501 can be used under 430 ILCS Act 66. Yeah. See how that all ties in? Higher, higher, baby. Right? You know that Bone Thugs and Harmony song. Because I so high. Smoke a little blunt. There we go. So if you want to smoke it, smoke it if you got it, right? But you're going to end up reaping the penalties of doing that. So I'm saying, do what you want. I don't care. I'm just here to educate you, okay? Now, Willie Strotter on Facebook says, that's only if you're carrying. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Do you want to find out how it applies? Do you want to be the the test? Don't get what I don't get me wrong when I say dummy. I'm not calling you a dummy, but do you want to be the test dummy to find out how it applies? If you have a concealed carry, it impacts that too. If you have an FOID card, it impacts that too. Now, Willie, you asked the question: Does it apply only if you're carrying? Maybe, maybe not. Now it says you can't carry a firearm, right? But how many people go into bars and carry may not be patted down? Right. How many people consume alcohol and drive? How many people consume alcohol outside or consume uh, weed outside on their porches? Right. OK, we can talk about curtilage and all those other different violations and stuff like that. We can. That's a conversation for another day. I'm just giving you just a little bit, you know, excuse me, background sinuses. OK. All right. Here we go. Let's talk about lastly, you cannot smoke and purchase firearms. Some of y'all are going to be like, Mike, I got my concealed carry license. You said all of that jazz, all of that jazz. And I live in a state where they gave me a concealed carry license. And that is Estado Illinois, the state of Illinois, baby. Well, sure, you may get your concealed carry license. Okay, sure. You may be you know, able to get past that little hurdle. Oh, but now comes the time where you want to purchase your firearm. Well, in purchasing your firearm, here we go. The purchase of firearms 
is regulated by two acts, specifically the National Firearms Act and the Gun Control Act of 1968, which is codified as Title 18 United States Code Section 44. Title 18 United States Code Section 44. And the prohibitions against persons, right, individual persons, is under Title 18 United States Code Section 922. Title 18 United States Code Section 922. Now, let's introduce the ATF Form 4473. Some of you are like, what is that? Well, remember that time when you went to go purchase that gun at a gun shop? Yeah, that was the form that you had to fill out. Gave all your information there and asked a whole bunch of questions and then turn it over and sign saying that you are the transferee of that firearm and you are going to be the one that's going to possess the firearm. Okay, here we go. ATF Form 4473, which is a firearms transaction record under Title 18 United States Code Section 44. I want you to understand that with the that with the proliferation, is that the right word to use? Help me out here. Proliferation of medical marijuana and recreational use of medical marijuana. I want you to understand, uh, or the recreational use of marijuana. I want you to understand that marijuana is still a narcotic that is still illegal. And in 2016, the ATF changed the ATF Form 4473 to Put the statement in the question 11E, and we're going to read that in a minute, that talks about the use of marijuana and that regardless of what your state may say, we still consider that illegal. And firearms purchases are not regulated by the state. They are first regulated by the federal government pursuant to the National Firearms Act and the Gun Control Act of 1968. Okay, so. And a, and a business can't even engage in the lawful purchase of a firearm unless they make application to the attorney general, which passes through the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms as the executive agency that that monitors, controls the Gun Control Act and the National Firearms Act. And that can be found under Title 18 United States Code Section 923. OK, so let's go to 922. 922 is the law that talks about prohibited persons and it was heightened under the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act. For those of you all who are history buffs, you remember the time where Ronald Reagan, uh, there was an assassination attempt by John Hinckley in 1981. That just happens to be the year I was born, but seeing as to how I like the Secret Service and like that, you know, stuff like that and looking at the presidents and protection, I tend to study the history on that, okay? And uh, Jim Brady was the press secretary to Ronald Reagan. And uh, when John Hinckley, who was, you know, less than a few feet from Ronald Reagan, you know, shot his 22 caliber revolver it struck reagan they found that out later in the limo but it also struck press secretary and advisor to president reagan uh jim brady uh and he suffered significant damage because of the shots that were fired from that revolver and he and his wife they advocated for you know uh uh, more prohibitions uh, or persons who were prohibited from carrying firearms. And so that's where the strengthening of Title 18 United States Code Section 922 comes into play. Now, uh, on that 4473, that 4473, we look at uh, Section 11, which uh, talks about the uh, specific prohibitions against uh, carrying firearms. And it, it says specifically, uh, it shall be unlawful for any person to sell or otherwise dispose of any firearm or ammunition to any person knowing or having reasonable cause to believe that such person, number one, is under indictment for or has been convicted of any court by any court of a crime uh, by imprisonment for a term exceeding one year, which is the which is the technical definition of a um, uh, a felony. Okay. Uh, and then number two, this is the question that they ask you under section 11. Number two is a fugitive from justice. Number three, this is section 11 E section 11 E is an unlawful user or an, a, an addict of any controlled substance as defined by section 102 of the controlled substances act, which is again, what we talked about earlier, title 21 United States code section 802. Okay. Uh, and that is where people are going to get tripped up, not paying attention to the law, because there is a statement that also states, let me get to it. All right. It also states on 11E, typically have those forms ready. Uh, here we go. Uh, 11E, 
Are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant stimulant, narcotic drug, or any controlled substance? Warning! Warning! The use or possession of marijuana remains an unlawful... Strike that. The use or possession of marijuana remains unlawful under federal law regardless of whether it has been legalized or decriminalized for medicinal or recreational purposes in the state where you reside. You have to answer that question and be truthful about that question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can go on here and lie if you want to, but then that's an automatic 10 years. And it even says it at the top. Warning, you may not receive a firearm if prohibited by federal law or state law. The information you provide will be used to determine whether or not you are prohibited from receiving a firearm. Certain violations of the Gun Control Act, Title 18, United States Code, Section 921, and other subsequent acts are punishable by up to 10 years imprisonment and or up to a $250,000 fine. You go on ahead and take the chance if you want to and lie on that doggone form. I don't have time to do 10 years for you. Okay? Remember, Title 18, United States Code, Section 19. Strike, 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 I keep saying 1921. Section 921. Okay? You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. Purchase a firearm if you are determined to be an unlawful user of marijuana it is illegal by fire uh by federal law so what if anything does that mean you can have a concealed carry license all you want to but you cannot possess a firearm legally legally right so <sighs> fire it up if you want to fire it up if you want to so what if anything does that mean i'm gonna close with this okay now if you're on instagram i gotta end it because apparently i've been past my hour okay because i didn't stop you but Come on into the podcast on the mic with Mike, Instructor Mike on YouTube. See you in a minute. All right, here we go. We're going to go on ahead and end this right now. We're going to go ahead and go to commercial break on the podcast, not end it. We're going to go to commercial break, and then we'll be back with the closing of this episode. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, this commercial break has been brought to you today by Native Girls Pearls. Native Girls Pearls. A U.S. Army veteran and just a mom who always wanted to instill the value and appreciation of hard work and multiple streams of income into her children. Pearl Girls Parties are an interactive experience where they get to interact with their customers and host Facebook Live parties and reveal people's orders online. At Native Girls Pearls, they have a blast with the games, the prizes and the special guest appearances, the giveaways and the plain fun of it all. It's just like hanging out with their awesome friends and making money. Money while doing so. If you've ever been interested in Pearl Girls Parties or ever been interested in a Pearl Party, go on ahead to Native Girls Pearls. Visit them at their Facebook page, Native Girls Pearls. That's nativegirlspearls.com. All right, welcome back to you on the mic with Mike. We're going to go on ahead and close this segment out with what, if anything, does all of this mean? Well, I'm going to narrow it down to where I reside, where my business is, the black community. Now, I'm not saying other communities are not subjected to what I'm talking about, but just be empathetic for a reason or for a minute. Just put yourself in my shoes, okay? And if it applies to you, please go on ahead and, you know, use where appropriate. What, if anything, does this mean? Well, you've seen it. You've been on Facebook. That's how you follow me, right? Instagram, YouTube, whatever. You've seen it. All these situations, police misconduct, alleged or actual. The perception of the, the, the rise of profiling and people this and people that and protests here and protests there and then talks of civil war and it's going to be blacks against whites and Mexicans against all this other stupid stuff. How do we get the masses to put down their guns? How do we disarm them? Well, give them weed. <laughs> they complain about it all this doggone time, right? Right? The, the failed war on drugs. And I'm not a fan of the war on drugs. Even though I've made us a, a plethora of narcotic arrest. I'm not a fan of the war on drugs. You just got a job to do, right? Say it's illegal for you to smoke it. I got a job to enforce the law. You possess it. I got to arrest you for it. You know, whatever. But. How do we get them to put down their guns so that we don't have civil war? How do we get them to put down their guns so that pick your other reason why? Let's give them weed. Let's give them weed. That's what they want anyway. 
And then to sweeten up the deal. I forgot to even talk about this because this was in the Chicago Tribune. Let's sweeten up the deal by expunging their cases. Oh, that's going to do a lot. That's going to do a lot. Let's expunge their criminal records. How does it affect criminal records? The governor will pardon the past convictions for possession of up to 30 grams. And with the attorney general going to court to expunge or delete public records of a conviction for an arrest for possession of 30 grams to 500 grams, an individual or a state's attorney may petition the court to vacate and expunge the conviction. But prosecutors may object with a judge to make the decision. How does it affect the criminal records? How does it affect? Well, let's let's go on ahead and give them weed and expunge their records so that way they're free to smoke it because the, the, the convictions are the, are the prohibitions against student loans and the prohibitions against them being able to grow and get past that thing for something that they did that was stupid and not smart or maybe just doing it for enjoyment. But in order for them to be able to buy into the money that we could make from the narcotic being legalized, we got to give them buy-in. We got to give them buy-in. And if we give them buy-in, and we expunge their, ooh, you mean to tell me not only can I smoke it, but I also can be free from the convictions that I had of it, and I can smoke it again and it'd be cool? Hell yeah, I'm going to support that legislation, right? But they're not telling you anything about, well, good job, you're going to support it, but you can't carry a gun. So that guy that's trying to kill you with his illegal firearm. So that person is trying to rape your mom, rape your, your daughter. Assault your wife. You're high, so you can't legally possess that gun. You can go ahead and use it. Maybe you won't get convicted for the homicide, but you will definitely get banged for the possession of that gun, which will be a violation. And now there'll be a strike against you being able to own a firearm legally. Yeah. How's that? Let's go ahead and give them their weed. They'll be too high and hungry and ready to eat. They won't be able to fight. Right? Well, they got to travel and get somewhere, right? They're going to be able to get into that vehicle. They're going to forget that they just got through smoking because it's going to be too high. It's a depressant, right? Anybody that I've ever talked to, ever dealt with that's been high on marijuana, they weren't full of energy. They weren't like the guy on PCP, like, motherfucker, 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 come on. You know, if I said that and offended you, don't get mad, but I've just seen some crazy stuff with people on narcotics, right? It's not a stimulant. It's a depressant. I'm tired, hungry, mellow, relaxed. For some that have ailments, pain-free or minimalized pain. Yeah. You can be high. Not going to protect yourself. Right. What about all these women that are being killed by this serial killer? Right. What about our women coming up missing? Who's going to protect them? You're going to be high. It's going to be kind of hard. You know, your energy. You'll be hungry. I mean, come on now. Maybe somebody could say, well, Mike, you're biased. You don't smoke it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> so if I guess if that makes me biased, sure. I guess I have that nose of a canine. I hate the smell of it so I can sense it when it's in the air. Just like that. I don't know. Hopefully I'm blessed not to have those ailments where I need it. Because if that's the case, I might want to bear the pain and be able to protect myself and my family. I don't know. But I think it's a dope and a rope. And I think that uh, it was able to easily be passed because, you know, some people say, hell, we can't carry a gun anyway, so might as well smoke weed. But what about that student loan you want to get where maybe you can't get the student loan because you're dependent on the narcotic or you consume the narcotic, right? Here we go. Student loans are, yeah, you got your state loans or whatever the case may be, but most of your student loans are administered by the federal government through the Department of Education. And so you might not be able to get a student loan to be able to go to college because you, you know, smoke weed. Do what you feel you want. America, land of the free, home of the brave. You have the right to do whatever you want to, but you are not free from the consequences of engaging in said activity. Yeah, well, I hope I've educated you. I know I've thrown out a lot of statute, a lot of this, a lot of that. 
I hope I've educated. Educated? Right. Yeah. Hope I've educated you. All right. So we're going to go ahead and end this. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for you know watching. If you are watching it on YouTube, yay, let's get more subscribers to Instructor Mike. You can go on ahead to your YouTube page and subscribe to Instructor Mike. Hit that bell. If such a bell exists, I haven't seen it, but hit that bell. So that way, every time I put up a video and I do spontaneous ones, you'll be notified. Okay. And I, and I thank you for your followership. I really, really do. Uh, for those of you all who, you know, maybe you're not on YouTube, go on ahead and go to your uh, Apple podcast app and look up on the mic with Mike. Okay. Go on ahead, subscribe to that. Um, Facebook, Instructor Mike, Mike Brown. Okay, follow me. I'm controversial. I am. And I don't really mean to burn bridges or anything like that, but I just feel that, you know, um, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. I learned that from the Joker. <laughs> Thanks, Jack Nicholson. You know, um, and by the way, because I'm a fat dad, I love omelets. I just had to say that. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I don't mind being controversial to help awaken people to make those type of decisions. I mean, come on, man. Call the police and the police may take forever to get there. Meanwhile, you're being attacked. You can't defend yourself with the tool that you might be able to use or might need to use to stop that attacker. But you're high. And because you're high, I guess everything's all right, right? No, you can still die. You want to die high? I, it rhymes, but I don't know if I want to die high. All right. Love you guys. I got to get out of here. Got some things I got to do. It's 10.09. Got to get to work. That's right. <laughs> it never stops for me. Follow me on Instagram at Yes Mike Said It. Follow me on Facebook at Instructor Mike or Mike Brown. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to Instructor Mike. Help me get to 1,000 followers. If you like what I have to say, if you like my views, or even if you don't like them, that's fine. Debate me, please. I want to be debated. Debate me. It will make for an interesting podcast. Okay. But subscribe. Subscribe. I think that's one thing that makes us Americans is that we have differences of opinion. And I like my views. I like, I'm not saying just my views. I'm not biased to that. But I like the independent road. I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm not conservative or uh, liberal. I am independent. Conservative on some things, liberal on others, but independent. I like to think and speak what needs to be spoken. Proud to be an American for at least I know I'm free. Won't forget the person who died that gave that right to me. And I'll gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. For there ain't no doubt about this land. God bless the USA. This is Instructor Mike. I'm out. You all have a good night.